Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Right. Welcome, 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 everyone. Glad to see everybody could make it for this last session. I know it's been a, a tough and challenging day. Everybody's got so many things going on in their world, but you all have made the choice. You have made the significant choice of being part of this group. You're going to finish it all the way to the end, right? And that's exactly what this book is about, is that being great is a choice. Being great is a choice. And every single day, you have the option <laughs> which way you want to choose. You know, do you want to choose uh, uh, up or down, left or right, right? Sweet or sour, hot or cold, rich or poor, right? Exercise or sit, work or rest. You are the sum of your choices. And if you're unhappy with any area of your life, you'll see if you're honest right? At some level, you made the choice to cause this. So if there's any school that's underperforming, or it has or a team that's underperforming, it's a choice, right? And the first step in effective leadership is making a choice that's in harmony with our goals and our desires. And then the second step is making decisions that are in harmony with our choices. <laughs> right? And even when you get to the decision, that's still not action. Because deciding to do something doesn't mean you're actually going to actually physically do it, right? So welcome everybody. And uh so let's so let's get let's get talking today about this last part of this book, this win every day book. Um I think that is a really, really powerful ending uh to this story in particular. Um about about everything is a choice, you know, and you are fully, fully in control of your of your success. And it's a really um, at times challenging way to uh, uh, think about success, right? That every single day somehow my actions are going to drive me to the results that I get, and then my actions are driven by the behaviors. My behaviors are driven by my beliefs. And when I keep thinking about those two darn words, Cassie, Chad, Vanessa, everybody else who's on, it, 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 arrogance and complacency. And that's where I found myself this weekend. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do more. Right? I don't, like, I think I've worked every moment this week. Like, what, what more do I need to do? But when it comes down to this this last part of this book, and I laid out kind of my seven my seven steps to get to here, um, the what is your strategy uh, is is just keeps coming over and over and over me, right? What is Tom? What is your goal? 
What is it that you aim to achieve? And what is your strategy to get there? And then what is the, um, what is the daily activities that you're going to do that's in harmony, <laughs> that you're gonna to choose to do, is in harmony with your strategies, and in harmony with your goal, <laughs> and then how are you gonna communicate that uh, to your team over and over and over again? How are you gonna measure it? How are you gonna write, what are the lead and lagging it, lead and lag indicators in order to get to that success on a daily basis, right? that communication is so, so important, but maybe not as important as having the, the vision and the clarity of what you want done, because you can't communicate anything that you're not necessarily sure about. And I personally believe that that's where most leaders struggle, is the ability to communicate their, uh, their, their vision and what they want executed uh, to their team. And that's why I'm really excited, not to jump ahead, but this next book that we'll be studying, No Fail Communication, um, is, so, is so important. There's in that first 10 pages, if you already have a copy of the book or if you're in our Facebook group, you saw, you saw the matrix um, uh, about, about the, four, you know, the four quadrants, right? The clarity grid. And I find myself often uh, in that uh, quadrant three around, it's clear in my head, and I assume that everybody else around me knows exactly what I'm implying and what I'm trying to get to, uh, but I don't. I don't take that necessary step to get to that next piece. And we got uh, a comment here. And Cassie said, "That's a lot." I think we start with our goal and strategies, and then the day starts. Yeah, that, that's right. And that's even if you know, Cassie, if the fire and the wave of, of the culture doesn't interrupt, <laughs> you know, you getting to the goal every single day. There is, a, there is a battle between the culture and the plan, right? The culture and your strategies. So making sure that you've got this very clear picture of what you wanna to get to, this very clear uh, picture of what are the two or three most important things I need to do today. And we've got that rule of five, you know, that rule of five lesson that I really try to get leaders to focus on. What are the things that, I, that, I, that, that are required of me that the organization gets the greatest return at and reward, right, that fill my heart, that are in my strength zone. If you're part of our um, email group, you know, I sent that email out uh, today about the law of the, what are your strengths? Because if you don't know all those components, you know, Cassie, to your point, right, we start with our goal and our strategies and then the day starts and it's just, everything goes away. Creating alignment and harmony is a really, really important part and everything is a choice. Every Every move you make is a choice. Every communication you decide to have, and, and this this you know lesson that I wrote some time ago about you know most of us you know you might be in North uh, Carolina right or you've lived on the beach, but if you've if you've seen a hurricane, a hurricane looks organized from the satellite. It's very organized. But if anybody's lived through a hurricane, I used to live in Wilmington, North Carolina, so that was an you know that was an annual thing or almost a monthly thing in the fall. If you you're in a hurricane, like you know that it's not organized at all. There's stuff flying everywhere, and I would say that's the same the same way of leading a school is that you can you know in in non you know COVID days or maybe you're able to do this now. 
you can you can you have a choice you can peer into a classroom setting and it may appear that kids are learning right it may appear organized but it's a choice to walk through that door it's a choice to look over the shoulder it's a choice to check that you know students work or their notes you know compared to what's on the board it's a choice to understand what the lesson is right you know while all these things are choices that we have to make as leaders in order to make sure that we're getting the results that we desire to see. Because I've walked around schools with many leaders that would just peer through the door and everything looks okay, so I'm just gonna keep moving on. But if we're gonna pursue mastery, this is a constant choice that we have to make, okay? Make it, being great, being great is a, is a choice. Being great is a choice. I'm um, just looking through a couple of my other notes here and, and you know, feel free anybody who wants to unmute themselves and, and share a little bit about, you know, their thoughts over this last part of the book. And it will, we'll hit a couple of the sections in this, in this last page of the study guide. But um, I like these three key, these three key measurements, right? Building leisure, building leaders, uh, you know, measuring what matters and then building the culture. I mean, it's such a, such a critical, critical point. Um, that we need because it doesn't matter how great your strategy is doesn't matter how great the plan is or how great the program is if your if your culture is in a way of well we're only going to do with what we want to do or we're only going to put this level of effort into it <laughs> it doesn't it's it's not it's not going to work and so you know these two quotes you know we don't always control the result but we always control our effort I mean, I just love that. Um, and your choices are the only things that you can that you can control. So let's talk about this. So on this last page of our uh, workbook, and thanks everybody for taking the time to follow. Whether you're live or listening to um, listening to the recording, let us know where you're at. If you're on Facebook, I see we got a couple folks in there. You know, drop a message in the the comments and let me know let me know where you're joining us from. Uh, but so, so these two uh, categories, the win every day, right? The three things that everybody has to do are pursue mastery, own the numbers, and help others win. And I think, you know, we've got that, right? Everybody in the organization, you know, um, you know, the coach shares has to be able to pursue mastery. And so we've talked about what that looks like. You know, what are the, what are the daily activities that we know we have to do in order to create great results, right? So that is the that is the goal and the strategy and the execution of that strategy, what it looks like, what it feels like, right? And what are the things that we we do over and over and over and over and over again and create these habits. And then we have to own the numbers, which means that we have to understand, you know, what is what is the information that we have to track to be able to to move towards these results? What are the lead and lag um, indicators, right? So uh, uh, the lead indicators are, um, and someone can uh, correct me all, you know, if I'm wrong, but the lead indicators are the things that we're tracking on a daily, you know, daily or, you know, a weekly and the lag indicators is the, is the, is the, um, how close we are, uh, to the goal, right? So we want to be making sure that we have clarity in, in what's our overall progress and in what's our current, you know, small, small level of progress. Think of it from an education side as formative assessment, right? What's informing me of my progress versus your summative data, all right? 
and then um, helping others win. So every day, uh, not only what can I, what do I have to do, right? Because I have to lead myself first and I have to take care of my work before I can start um, one, judging other people's work, right? And so helping others win is every day coming with the mentality that this is a collaborative teamwork effort and, and not only am I responsible for making sure that I take care of what I'm responsible for, but I'm also responsible to help others uh, who, you know, might be struggling and or to ask them, how can I help you? And I just love um, Chris Hogan. Uh, he was um, he uh, wrote the book Retire Inspired and he works with the Dave Ramsey group. But he he said the three questions to great employee engagement are uh, how are you? What are you working on? And how can I help? So if you come to every single day with those three questions in mind and asking everybody, I guarantee you're going to get some really great results. Um, so that's what everybody has to do. Now, what leaders have to do is coach for life, okay? And coaching for life is all about um, you are constantly, constantly uh, uh, helping other people succeed through a development process, through a um, and asking questions, through a a a, a uh, uh, mentoring and modeling, over and over and over again. Your 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 job as a leader is to basically work yourself out of the job, okay? Every day, your job is to teach someone uh, to do something that you're already doing, and so they can do it, and they can you can help them build their ladder, uh, right? And and so eventually, uh, your job just really comes from just leading people and not necessarily having to be part of the day-to-day -day operation. Uh, focus on the process and communicate tirelessly, right? To really, really uh, have an understanding of what is the what is the process that gets us the best result, what are the strategies, and, you know, constantly be uh, paying attention to that and then communicating uh, more, more than often about what that strategy looks like. Now, I think the really important part here is, you know, interesting enough, when the two boys, you know, um, it's uh, Blake and Kyle, I think, they're, you know, taking a walk uh, after they ran, and they were talking about, like, how they executed it and what they learned and all these things, like, like that's the that's the culture that you want to see and hear and feel in your school is that people talking about what's working, what's not working, how do we improve? Like that's what really makes the difference. You know, getting on a Zoom and you know complaining about you know parents and all these other things. Like that's what's really eating a lot of our time right now. And and what we need to do is we need to say, okay, what are the things that we can control in this conversation? And let's just really really focus there. And so I would love, you know, any feedback, whether it's in the chat box, whatever, about what, what are you, like, when you look at that right-hand column, those three things, coach for life, focus on the process, and communicate tirelessly, where do you think is going to be the biggest challenge, uh, you know, for you? You know, where, you know, where are you looking, um, you know, to grow there? And I know for me, the um, focus on the process, right, because is, is really important, you know, uh, for us. Because I all weekend I kept thinking about what are our organizational team goals and what is the strategy and the process that we're looking to follow um, every day. And does everybody in our team understand uh, not only why we're doing it, but what we're doing, uh, right? What is the end product that we're looking uh, to get there? So I'm going to pause for a second here and see if there's any messages in the boxes, anything that anybody wants to share. I hope you're loving this book as much as I did. 
Cassie. Cassie says, I have some teams who do that really well and a couple who don't. Yeah. So what, so what can you glean from that? You know, Cassie, like when you say, like, when you look at, if you were to put your two teams on a, on a T chart, right. The teams that do it well versus the teams that don't do it well, you know, what are the, um, what are the indicators of what well looks like, you know, versus the teams, you know, that don't. And remember we talked about, I think it was our first call uh, together. Like we talked about, um, teasing out those uh, factors, right? Watching those teams operate or watching those individuals operate. So, okay, here's the model. What are the characteristics of these people? Is it a personality? Um, if you're part of, you know, if you're part again of our email list, you know, tell you, like I talked about DISC and you've got your DISC, you know, personality. And sometimes you have too many of the same personality on a team, right? If I'm a, if I'm in a dominant style and I've got a lot of Ds, that means we're doers, we're direct, we get things done. We already kind of make decisions you know, prior to starting, but if I got too many D's on a team, that just creates a lot of kind of bumping heads, right? If I've got a lot of I's on my team, these are influencers. They like to be around other people. They like to have fun. They like to socialize, they like to talk. And that's great, but they're not always really good at getting the end results in a timely manner, <laughs> right? So you got too many of those, uh, too, you know, too many C's from the cautious and the conscious side. They, they're big, you know, contemplators. They'll create either, like the most unbelievable PowerPoint uh, but they'll, you know, spend so much time on a PowerPoint that they won't actually practice like the influencing or the talk or the speech. Um, yes, is right. Really great, uh, supportive and steady, critical uh, people to our team. Uh, but you know, sometimes uh, that they 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 have a hard time making a decision because they don't want to let anybody down. So they just keep going from person to person to person to get advice, and you're like, just make a decision and move forward. So having a balance of those four. So take a look at your team, Cassie, and really think about, you know, what makes that team function well versus this team not functioning well. And am I using functioning well in an objective or a subjective way? Because sometimes I think teams that we think function well are the teams that give us the least amount of gruff, right? <laughs> like they're just, they're just the easiest to work with. But are they getting the best results? Um, so be uh, thinking on those things. So uh, Vanessa, I love it. She said, uh, focus on the process can be the hardest. Sometimes I know the ins and outs of the process, but, but, but I need to remember that some don't. Yeah, that's, that's that quadrant three, that, uh, you know, quadrant three right there, right, is that, um, you know, specifically, um, and I'm going to pull it up here in the, uh, the picture. I think we have it here. Do we have it? Oh. Um, is that is that you know it's uh, uh i'm losing myself here to try to do something else um it's that that faulty assumption right you know you know the assumption that everybody knows or has the background knowledge that i do and so as a result i'm implying a lot of communication i'm not directing a lot of communication which is a you know which is a completely different uh, part of it, right? So, so that's a that's a good one, um, you know, Vanessa, to be to be mindful of. And I think a great way around that is to ask feedback on your communication, right? If you're asking the people, okay, what are your next steps, all right? Or hey, sometimes I leave out really important details. So can you, you know, give me like, what did you hear me say, or what are the step by steps that you're going to take next, or what questions do you specifically have? And then also, um, which we're going to learn in a no-fail communication, is closing the gap on that communication. So it's um, here was my vision for it, right? Here was my vision, but here's what happened. And so that's the reality. It's a VRO. 
So vision, reality, and here's the opportunity, right? Here's ways for you to grow. Here's ways for you to get it done. And then after you're done coaching them up, and then you ask them, how could I have communicated that better for it to be more effective for you, right? How, what, what could I have done to communicate these directions to you that would have made it you know, better for you to execute, right? Constantly asking your team for feedback, but that's all part of the culture, right? That's all part of the, um, the trust that you're building um, as a team. And I've asked you also a systematic way to evaluate processes and opportunity for growth as identified or accreditation process. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to evaluate the processes probably needs, you know, you need you know, people to write down what are the processes if you don't have them laid out, right? And then, you know, um, that's going to help you. So if I've got all the processes, steps to laid out the task analysis, right? So everybody think back to your classroom days. If you're, if you're one of those really effective uh, teachers, you know you probably spent time practicing the lesson. You probably went through the steps of the math word problem, right? Or you went through, you know, going through because you're like, okay, where are my kids, where are my students going to struggle? It's the same process here. It's like, okay, what are the steps that we have to take to execute this that we know of? And let's lay them out, right? Let's write them out. Let's have someone take notes. And then who is the best at these steps, right? In terms of their strengths and their skill sets, not whose position it is. Don't let position get in the way because that's irrelevant. It's who's good at these steps. What steps do we need training on, um, right? And then all, all along, you're, you're, it's a living document. And then you're tracking, like, what are the things are done and how often are they done on a weekly basis? Uh, the 12-week year was a really great tool for me to be able to have a step-by-step -step weekly process for tracking, um, you know, for that. And that's what we use in the inner circle, Vanessa, too, actually, to track our goals. So, yeah, finding that way is really important to close to get. And Chad, Chad wrote for me, focus on a the process. There's so many distractions and derailers that can take our focus off being great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I ask myself a lot, uh, do I really want to be great? What does great look like? Am I there? <laughs> Am I enough? And uh, my mentor has said to me uh, a couple of times, uh, he'll say, um, you know, let's say I'm a, you know, a preparing for a keynote talk or, or like a training and I'll ask him, you know, advice on something. If he asked me how many times, you know, did I practice it and, you know, the answer is going to be next to zero. Um, but I've done it a lot of times, you know, but it's not going to be sharp, sharp as a tech. And he'll say, well, I got no problems. You know, I think you'll be good, Tom. But is that what you want? Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Because if you want to be great, you've got to really focus on that pursuing mastery. I think Barca Miller had the perfect term there about, you know, pursuing mastery. And that's where complacency and arrogance kind of falls back in. But, you know, is good enough where you want to be, then that's fine. You know, but we, you know, we as individuals have to create our own uh, definition of success and significance. Um, we were all created perfectly and abundantly to achieve anything we want, um, you know, by God. So uh, it's up to us <laughs> to, to raise up to whatever that level is and achieve that. So, but I really, I love everybody being transparent here in the box about, you know, focusing on the process. Well, good. Well, that's, you know, awareness is the key here, right? So, um, 
So, you know, this, this part about the uh, deployment strategy, what will be your uh, deployment strategy? And I, I think it's Allison or uh, Melissa, uh, you know, talks about those four, uh, four uh, pieces on page 106. Lead, launch, learn, and listen, right? Lead, launch, learn, and listen. And it's very obvious that everything, everything rises and falls with leadership. It just does. I mean, if you think about any entity, your own self-leadership, team leadership, organizational leadership, the success of that, or, that, or, that organization is always, you know, based upon the ability of the people who can lead it. And that's John Maxwell's law of the lead. It's the first law of leadership. And he, he says, if, you know, if, you're, if you want to be a 10, right, if great is a 10, but you're a six, Every you'll never get above a five because you can't you can't outperform your own self-image number one and you can't outperform your ability uh, to lead. You need to you need to grow your leadership in order to do that. Uh, so creating a culture of leadership, uh, align your leaders um, and enlist your leaders right to ensure that you've got the right people in the right positions because that's what multiplication is right having the right people in the right positions. Uh, really uh, creates that um, that uh, you know, traction and momentum that you need in order to get to that next level. Um, so leadership is that first key and launch. What fundamentals do we need, right? Building cohesion. And again, so that launch piece goes back to that process. I need to know what I think is the best process because remember, you're not going to know all of the steps of the how. And you have to um, you have to uh, uh, um, yeah I want to say this right you have to uh, give away the requirements or you have to ignore the requirement for knowing how to do everything you don't know how to do anything until you do it oh that's good someone should write that down you don't know how to do anything until you actually do it okay so your process okay don't let the process impede your progress so you're constantly testing things to get to know like what's the best way to do it right so again let's just think back when we were all children if you learned to ride a bike you didn't know how to ride a bike you were taught by someone to ride a bike based upon how they knew how to ride a bike so you got on the bike and you and you started to test out some ways and you tested balance and you tested how to get started and you like you move the pedal you're like oh no i need it kind of like right here i mean whatever it is those are testing the process processes to learn how is the best way to do it now you know how you jump on a bike and you and you go so the launching after the leading what fundamentals do we need is a big part of that like you have to pay attention to where the execution is not connecting. Like where's the execution not happening? Because then you can identify, is this a fundamental problem? Like as in skill, is this a people problem, right? As in buy-in, like what is the issue here? So we can uh, build cohesion. And again, people need to know why we're doing it and what it is that we're trying to do, okay? <laughs> Chad, I love it. You don't know how how to do it until you do it. It's true. It's such a true statement. I mean, I guess the only thing that you were born knowing how to do is breathing, right? I mean, but you don't tell yourself to breathe. You just breathe. Yeah. 
it's a good thing that we're not in charge of a lot of stuff because we would forget to do it and our heart our heart would stop beating. Okay. So we 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 lead and we launch, right? So launching is about knowing the fundamentals and then we learn, okay? So this is taking ideas and translating them into real world, which you're all educators. So you know how to do that. This is how you're effective in the in the classroom, but from this, you know, also you need to make it personal. And I remember I was working with this leadership team and there was like 30 members of this team. It's a very, very big school. And, and so they brought all these admin uh, together and we got in this giant line and we talked about like, like we, we defined what success looks like. Right. And then, and then everybody had to communicate what their role was from the bus driver or from the, like the bus mechanics all the way to the head of the school. But we had to make it personal. Like, like even like the, you know, like the finance people were in the room, right? What did they do to help, you know, like execute that? And we talked about the bus drivers are the first individuals to, to see the kids on a daily basis. So that means like how we greet them and how we communicate to them and how we make them feel when they step on the bus matters. Like all these pieces, you got to make it personal. People need to understand what's my role to the goal. I think that's the best way that I interpret this and maybe someone else interprets this learn part you know differently but when i'm reading this like that's how i'm seeing it so so feel free to open up or put something in the chat there right so lead launch learn um vanessa wrote that quote really applies to this year and last year of you know virtual learning right did anybody know how to do it no right but what we did is we found people who did know how to do it right there was virtual schools that were already happening well how are you doing that and how are you doing it, it was constant learning it's 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 test fail, learn, right? Test, fail, learn. And then sometimes you have to unlearn a bad skill, right? If I think about my recovery of a gambling, like I would test the notion of not gambling, right? I would, you know, you know, fortunately I didn't fail, but you know, I was learning the whole way. I was learning and unlearning bad habits and relearning new good habits. I mean, that's the cycle of learning. It just goes on and on and on and on. And right until you get to like a, until you're comfortable and then you step back outside that, you know, comfort zone and you take another step, right? When you're riding a bike, like you would take, you, you, like you'd go from, you know, riding with your dad or mom or whoever taught you next to you to, to riding by yourself. And then you, and then you start to do all these other things, right? You maybe go off a jump, right? Or you go out into the road or you take a dirt trail. Like you're just taking yourself outside that comfort zone through, through the learning process. So test, fail, uh, learn, unlearn, relearn, re-enter. And it just starts over in a cycle over and over and over again. And the last one is listen. So listen to, listen to, I just love this quote, listen to the whispers so you don't hear the screams, right? You're just constantly paying attention and being present and you're asking questions and you're, and you're coaching and you're, and you're learning, right? That reality check. I love that reality check, you know, piece, right? Sometimes uh, you'll hear uh, people say, inspect what you expect. And someone, someone once said to me, oh, I hate that term. It's like, it's like you're, we're some sort of like evaluators. Well, okay. I mean, but we are. We're always evaluating progress. But I like the reality check better. So I'm going to start to change my vocabulary. But the reality check of listening, of going into your team, asking them questions, observing, and hearing what they're having to say about the process, right? So we're going to lead. We're going to build leadership. We're going to uh, launch. Um, we're going to, uh, you know, learn, make sure everybody understands why we're doing it and what we're doing, uh, what the process is, what the strategy is going to be. 
and then we're going to listen uh, uh, through that process. So uh, that's I, I like that uh, deployment strategy. Um, I think that that works well uh, for sure. All right, where are we at? All right, if you execute well, you don't need a lot of plays. I I, I love this so much because I feel like you know Vanessa, back to your point when we were heading into virtual learning and having to flip our schools upside down, I, I, I kept saying, stop trying to do so much. Like you don't have to do all of your lessons like live online. You could record some, you could find who's your most effective communicators through you know, virtual and have them teach the lesson and have your other people you know, do these things or just make sure you focus on the most important standards, right? Those, um, the term's escaping me, but there's that you know, set of standards that are like the real, you know, foundation piece, but if you execute well, you don't need a lot of plays. And it, you know, again, I think organizations lose their way because they um, find reasons why plans don't work. <laughs> and we all know that the reason that the plan didn't work is one word, it starts with letter E, execution. That's the only reason why plans don't work. Every plan will work. Every plan eventually will take you to your destination, right? Every route will get you to where you're trying to get to. It's just a matter of if you continue to, you know, navigate that route and keep on learning that, oh, I'm not heading in the right direction, right? The only way that you won't get there is if you're not sure where you're going. So, but it's so, it's so critical here when I think about this quote, if you execute well, you don't need a lot of plays. And the reason why we have so many different um, or a lack of focus, right, back to Chad's you know, part, is probably because we're not executing on the strategy. And because we feel that the strategy isn't working, because of the execution's poor, we try something else too quickly without taking the time to really investigate uh, what's really the problem here, right? Is it a fundamental problem? Is it a people problem? Is a person in the wrong position? Um, any of those pieces. So I just asked this question here, what might this reducing plays do for your organization? Like if you could, if you could really uh, simplify your education plan, right? Or simplify you know, the systems and just make it easy on people. Uh, you know, charter schools are going through their enrollment, their open enrollment process right now. One of the, one of the challenges is, well, before you, you know, opened up enrollment, did you apply? Like, did you go through the process and make sure it's easy? Because <laughs> sometimes we make it so hard. Priority standards. Thank you, Vanessa. That's right. You're always so smart. I always try to surround myself with uh, folks way, way smarter than I am, and I've definitely nailed it here. So, oh, cool. We got Amanda's on Facebook. She said, yes, we discuss what our standards are more important to build upon the year to execute those first. That's right. And then the understanding what mastery is of those standards, knowing what, you know, we want kids to, to do and show us the tangible evidences, right? And then we can move forward. Uh, but if we don't know what executing the standard looks like in pursuing mastery, then we can't, we can't measure it and we can't improve it. And then we're just going to keep on trying new things. I mean, no, you know, no offense to school systems. When I was in a district school, I felt like every two years, like we were changing massive changes to the education plan, which made me realize like, 
if we're changing things every two or three years, like how does a how does a teacher ever get to mastery? Like if mastery is 10,000 hours of practice, but every two to three years we're changing the plan, sometimes shorter than that, how are they ever going to get to um, mastery? Think on that. All right, so uh, before you go making massive uh, um, initiative changes, uh, make sure that you've, you know, exhausted, right? The evidence is telling you that this, this one that you're trying will not work. That's really, really important. It's really important. So why don't more more organizations excel at execution? Remember, at the very first part of the book, Mark Miller asked us, or maybe it was in the podcast, he asked us, you know, how many elite organizations can you name? Right? How many elite organizations can you name? And I and I think about like you know elite being like, gosh, every time I go, I just have the most unbelievable experience. I feel like it's almost like they know me. Uh, right, they know everything that I that I need, and 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 so I think about from a hospitality standard, like um, the World Marriott in Orlando is just I don't know, it's just amazing. I always feel overly welcome there. I feel um, you know taken care of, like it's my home. Um, you know, the people are always so nice. Everything's convenient. Um, you know, there's certain restaurants I think that have that same feel, like you just think about the eliteness, right? but I'm talking about elite, like, so that's the best of the best. But we deal with thousands of businesses every, every week, right? But we could probably only name a few that are just elite that we would never move. If you're in a Raleigh area, Murray's Tire and Auto, <laughs> they are elite to me um, in terms of, uh, of auto care, uh, right? So really, really think about like, what would elite look like? What does execution at an elite level look like? If you watched a football game yesterday, I mean, at times, Patrick Mahomes, like, I mean, that young man is elite. Like, he just, I was looking at his stats today and I was like, oh, that guy is incredible. And he's 20, what is he, he's not even 26 years old and he's played in three championship games. He's about to head to his second Super Bowl. And um, he's just, he's just um, almost perfect with everything that he does. Now that didn't happen overnight. He's been, you know, preparing for this since he was a little, a little kid over and over and over to that practice and, and over, um, you know, again. So why don't more organizations excel at execution? I think it goes back to Chad's point about a lack of focus, right? What are we, what are we great at? And that's a question that I struggle with as an organization, you know, our company leaders, building leaders, what are we great at? I mean, I'll ask you guys, you know, I may have just have to ask you, like, what, what is it that we're, you know, the best at? And, um, and, and whatever that is, is where we need to focus our time and our energy. And as the leader, I need to identify that it's not what Tom thinks he's the best at, it's what the clients tell him <laughs> that he's the best at. And that's where we focus our time and our attention in Katie too, right? You know, same aspect. And so you as a school, you need to ask your families, what is it that you believe we're great at, right? Why did you choose our school? Uh, why do you stay at our school, um, right? What are the things that make you feel as though we're the, we're the top, right? We're the top school of choice. Our, our, um, you know, we're better than homeschool. We're better than districts. We're better than private schools. We're better than the other charter schools in our area. 
I mean, whatever it may be, like why, why do families choose to come to your school of choice, right? Or why do they choose your company if you're, if you're an organizational leader? Like knowing that answer is really, really important. And then as an organization, you need to make sure, okay, well, if this is what they're telling us, why they come and why, why they love us, then we need to make sure we focus all of our energy here, our our marketing strategies here, our training here, uh, our our hiring processes here. Like these are the people that we're specifically looking for. Thanks, Vanessa. Developing leaders. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing. So I need to measure that, right? If that's the thing, if our job is to develop leaders, right, which is uh, you know this is what, then I need to figure out. Okay, well, when a leader comes into one of our you know uh, programs, like how would they rate themselves, and then when they leave a program, right? Or every, you know, three months. So that's something for me to work on um, this spring for sure. And the last question that I put on here is what might be getting in your school or team's way? What might be getting in your school or team's way? So I would love um, for the folks to put it in the chat box, you know, what, what is getting in your way? I'm gonna check out all the chats here. Amanda on the Facebook page has made some really, really great comments about the standards, you know, comparing the vertical standards for gaps, um, you know, discuss the standards, which ones are more important, you know, to build on. And that's, and that's all part of that. Oh, God, Amanda, I mean, that's so great, because that's all part of that, what you want to hear and feel as an instructional leader at your school, is you want to hear teachers talking about that, right, standards, execution of strategy, what mastery looks like. Uh, we just had our, on the Mondays, we have all these mastermind groups with uh, principals. And if you're not, you know, part of it, it's a really great opportunity to uh, collaborate and get feedback from other, you know, other people in your position. Uh, but we, but we talked about like promotional standards and, and with these issues with COVID and kids not turning in work and missing a lot of schools, like, we have to have clarity and like, well, this is what we believe mastery is of a second grader or a fifth grader or you know, whatever it may be, or of a class. So we have consistency. Uh, so we know what those standards are. And then we can measure that tangible evidence to say yes or no that they've mastered it, um, you know, to get there. But if we all just are just, you know, guessing and we're not talking about it, we're not talking about execution, we're not talking about, uh, you know, the end goal, then it's just completely subjective in everybody's head, which is most of the time anyway. Most grades are subjective. So what might getting in the way? So there's two words, arrogance and complacency is what I wrote. And if I had more room on my paper, I just would have written those two words over and over and over and over again, arrogance and complacency. And then the, then the second one is lack of focus, right? A lack of clarity on what to measure. A lack of clarity on what to measure and a lack of clarity on what gets us the best results to be able to do that, right? And a lot of it, again, goes back to arrogance and uh, complacency, right? From, from my uh, perspective, well, we can pay the bill, so it's okay, right? But um, that's complacency. That's not, you, you know, uh, focusing on, on excellence. Chad wrote COVID, yeah, and uh, currently it's not keeping discussion centered around what we can control. Yeah, that's a really big part of it. Um, and helping and helping teachers, right? Helping teachers and everybody have that mindset and 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 getting really clear on things that are within our control, and uh, and there's things that are impacting our overall results, uh, but you know we can't we can't spend our time wearing those. 
So here's the quote for you then, uh, Vanessa, you can, bring, you can bring it back, right? We may not control the outcomes, but we can control our efforts, right? So we may not, you know, be able to control, you know, the speed at which COVID goes away. But as an individual, I can control my efforts, right? And so as an individual team member, I, I think everybody needs to take a look at that quote. We may not always control the outcomes, but we can control our effort. And to get really, really look in the mirror, right? Man in the mirror, woman in the mirror, Stuart Smalley in the mirror and say, you know, did I give my best today? How do I know? What were the results of me giving my best? Did I help others win? Did I own my numbers? Whatever they may be, right? Whether it's teacher observations, whether it's, you know, analysis of, you know, a data, you know, tracking something. Did I pursue mastery? Like, was I at my best when I needed to be at my best of all moments of that day? And so we may not always control the outcomes, but we can always control our effort. And I would add to that effort and attitude, right? We can always control, we can always control our effort and our attitude. So before we get to the, the very last, you know, section here about what is our action steps, right? What are we going? So, you know, we've given four weeks, four hours on Mondays. We've, we've spent probably two or three hours reading the book, maybe longer. I've read it a couple of times. Uh, we, we, you know, we got this, you know, study guide and we wrote on it and we did whatever. So what's next? Like, how do we move from good intentions with signing up for this uh, four week study? and intentional action which is taking specifically what we learned and implementing it in our daily lives uh, because if we don't do that then i won't say you wasted the time because you've definitely learned but you know whether or not you're going to get the um the results that you desire you know based upon it are completely up to you it's your choice so one of the things that i had shared um or that you know i'm willing to do is if you signed up for this uh uh, book study uh, is that um, you can sign up for an hour of time with me or with Katie, and we will we will be your thinking partner, right? We will be your execution partner. We will be your accountability partner. We'll, we'll you know, we could come in and do a, a talk with your team. We, we could just do a one-on-one -on -one with you. Whatever you want, we'll do it, and it's a gift, right? It's a gift for being part of this first launch of this first um, you know study. And because we want you to not just take this, uh, oh, that was a good book, and oh, these are great notes, and put it away to the side. We want to help you create that that um, that development, you know, launching, you know, strategy. What is going to be your specific strategy to execute? So maybe it's even, you know, taking one goal that you have or one thing that you would like to see, and maybe we could help you map it out, right? We could take you through. Um, all of the all of the phases of the process in order uh, to get there and then help you create a uh, a lead and lag indicator chart to uh, you know track it whatever you want so um, if you want that uh, the email that you get uh, tonight you can either email me and say hey I want that at tom at lbleaders.com uh, or the email that comes with this replay um, will have a link you can go on my website and do that so that's what we would like to do for you as a gift 
Uh, but I, but I want to know. So, you know, based upon this study, like, what are you going to apply? What are you going to change? What are you going to teach, you know, uh, someone else? So um, in the chat box or unmute yourself, uh, I want to know based upon these four weeks, like, what are you willing to do <laughs> to take the next step so I can help and be your accountability partner? What are you willing to do? What are you going to apply, change, and teach? And I know for me, um, as I wait for you guys to drop your stuff in the box there, uh, for me, uh, the number one thing that I'm going to do is to identify um, that uh, specific strategy. So when I set a goal for us as a team, right, or let's say it's to get 100 people in a training, right, what is going to be the strategy that I'm going to use to, to you know, get 100 people in the seats? you know, to come? And then what is going to be the tracking tool that I will use to make sure that's happening? And what will be the indicators, right? And, and so I've, I've done this a couple of times, but I haven't been consistent from start to the finish uh, to be able to make it happen. So like, for example, last year, I had a goal uh, to get um, a thousand people uh, on our on email list. And we did make it, right? But it was like made through like, um, bursts <laughs> it wasn't a consistent daily compounding effect to get to that number and this year i want to get to five thousand i want to grow it by five and so uh i've already started to look at it. i was like well i'm not on pace right it's because i still have the same behaviors as i did before to get to a thousand and the same behaviors that got me to a thousand um uh, are the same behaviors that will get me to five thousand but it just needs to be more uh, consistent Right, so having that consistent process um, in you know in that place, right? Same thing with my weight loss goal and you know the other aspects. So what is it for you all that you're going to apply and start to change uh, in your life or in your leadership to achieve your goal? Anybody willing to share? Excellent. So Cassie's going to go back over notes and be intentional about the things we discussed. Find one goal and identify strategy to help achieve it. Perfect, Cassie. I love that. And if you are willing, and um, I promise I'm nice, uh, I'm happy to hop on a call or a uh, Zoom with you and to help you uh, take that goal and to and to um, write down what are those specific strategies that you that you need to do to you know in order uh, to get there. So that'll be great. Yep, absolutely. You're welcome. How about you, Vanessa? You got you got something? I know you might be uh, on a call or driving or whatever, but um, I know I see you every week, so I'll be I'll be definitely on you about that, right? But if you think about it, you know, Vanessa's in our inner circle for our uh, charter school principals, like that action step, right? So I always think about that setting a goal at the start of the nine weeks and that weekly action step, you know, part of my job is, is, is to hold you all accountable. Um, and, and what, you know, we do on an inner circle, everybody is that, you know, the content of your current life, right. Is the curriculum of the, of the weekly meeting. 
so if you're, you know, if you're a leader and you're, you know, either struggle with making decisions about your school calendar for next year, or if you're having a hard time with, uh, you know, with a staff member or, you know, something just, you know, happened at a high level at your school, uh, that's the, that's the content of the meeting. And the other eight or nine uh, principals that are in that call with you are helping you solve that problem. Uh, but we start every meeting with like how we did last week, right? We end every meeting with my action step for the week and we start every uh, meeting with uh, how did I do on that action you know, step that I set for myself, you know, the week before. And if they don't, if they don't accomplish it, you know, I just have a quick, you know, conversation. Well, what got in the way and how will you make sure? So having that weekly accountability group is really, really important in your life. Um, so if you're not in a group, um, a weekly accountability group, or like a mastermind group to really get some additional help and, uh, you know, uh, support, you know, uh, check out ours. Um, we, we would love to have you. And Vanessa says, a lot of supplies for our ninth grade expansion, the thorough execution of those tiny details that end up making a uh, tremendous impact. Master schedule curriculum materials. That's right. Now, re remember, Vanessa, because you're a very detail-oriented person, and so you want to make sure that um, the, the, the what you want to get to and why you're doing it are extremely clear to not only you, but the people around you. Because what I have found is that the how, right, when the why is clear and the why is impactful, the how happens. And so, you know, we can get, you know, help to get you with your master calendar and schedule and all this other piece. But making sure that that why is really, really crystal clear, not only in your head, but of the people that you serve, I think will be a really important step. And then saying, okay, here's all the things that need to happen. And here's what, you know, here's what the parameters that need to be, and then start empowering people uh, to get those pieces done. I love it. You don't have to do everything on your own. And Chad's intense focus on our high school expansion project. Yeah. Absolutely. What is the, uh, what's the time frame, Chad? Is it, is it, uh, is it next year? I can't remember. You don't know. Yeah. So, so again, so that's, you know, maybe where it starts, right. Is, is that, is that, um, what is our time frame, right? We know we want high school. We know this is what we want it to look like. This is know what we will offer. This is what the portrait of a graduate, you know, looks like. And then, and then a backwards design, what are all the, uh, what are all the components and the pieces, um, you know, to get there and then having all those ducks in a row, right. And almost creating ad hoc, committees for each of those sections um, so I can't remember if when when I did board training with you guys a couple years ago whether I took you through that strategic outline you know process right it's it's about what are the priorities and what are all the things that need to happen and then having everybody vote on what the priorities are and so if there's three clear priorities assigning a team to each of those and then having them use this uh, strategic outline which is real easy it's like seven steps and it really helps you map out, you know, the plan and the process. And then uh, they just, you know, follow that and they communicate the information until the goal is achieved. And then whatever number four was on the priority list, they go there. So, yeah, definitely have the land and architect on board. Well, that's great, right? So you, so you let them handle those little details. That's uh, what they're great at. So awesome. Well, great job. Great job, everybody. And um, I'm really proud of you for participating in this. And I would really, really encourage you that if you've got any value out of these larger 
calls. I mean, imagine what we could do in a one-on-one conversation for 30 minutes or an hour uh, with you and your team to help you really, really think through and to help you um, take that step-by-step action. So again, um, if you would like to uh, take advantage of that offer, um, uh, it's, it's, it's to anybody who's in the program and it could be one-on-one or with your team or even with your staff if you want. And we can help you uh, take, take some of the, the uh, principles in this book and, and, and really help you execute it from a team level. So you can either email me at tom at lbleaders.com uh, or you can um, click on the link that's uh, coming to you later uh, tonight when the archive comes out. And I'll also make sure that I put it in the Facebook group. So I uh, love you all. And yes, if you haven't signed up for the next uh, book study, No Fail Communication, uh, get on it. I'm not sure how long it takes for the book to arrive because it doesn't come on Amazon. Uh, but I mean, either way, as soon as you order it, it comes on um, Audible. And I think I may even have an e-version of it, so email me. Uh, but it's really great. I was rereading it over the weekend. And it's really powerful in terms of uh, teaching you 13 uh, workplace communication tips, uh, strategies, and principles uh, to really, really clarify, right? So now if you've got this vision in your head and 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 you're you know, starting to get the process, this book's going to help you be able to communicate that um, at a high level. So no fail communication. You can find a link uh, right here in the Facebook page. But if you're not on the Facebook page, you can either email me or look for an email that came out over the weekend and uh, sign up for that. Again, that's the time is complimentary, right? The book you have to pay for, uh, but the time that we're we're going to put in in the leading it is um, is uh, is a gift back to you all. So thanks everybody for being part of the community. Be safe out there. Make sure you're taking care of uh, yourself and uh, love you all and uh, to your sustained success and happiness. Bye bye.